0: We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says, it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky.
1: Hello, my beautiful friends and lovely listeners. So if you hang out with me at all, you may often hear me quote the wise and wonderful Buddha. And one of my very... Favorite quote is outer reality is a reflection of inner reality. The world is simply a manifestation of the mind. A seemingly clear concept and simple statement, but sometimes hard to remember and implement in a consistent way in our lives. It's so easy to buy into the belief that happiness will happen when we get what we want in our lives the wonderful love relationship, the career of our dreams, or the massive amount of money. But many people are coming to the realization that reaching for happiness through acquiring material possessions and outer achievements is not only not bringing us happiness, but instead adding to our stress and unhappiness. An ironic and challenging notion to integrate and live is that if we become happy, if we can relax into the peaceful place within ourselves, if we can reside more consistently in that kingdom of heaven within, our outer lives shift in graceful positive and powerful ways today we're going to talk about what we can do to come into greater peace and a true internal sense of happiness in a practical and purposeful way i'm so happy and honored to be here with charles a francis he's the author of mindfulness meditation made simple your guide to finding true inner peace charles has studied and practiced Mindfulness with Zen Master Thich Nhat Hanh and has worked to help people find inner peace through mindfulness meditation for over 18 years. Charles is the co founder and director of Mindfulness Meditation Institute and not only teaches mindfulness meditation to individuals, he also develops mindfulness meditation training programs for organizations and leads workshops and meditation retreats around the world. So, Charles. A. Francis. Thanks for being here today on Empower Radio and Journey to Center.
0: Hi, Tammy. Excuse me. Happy to be here with you today.
1: Yeah, I've I've been reading your book, and I love it. I've been a long-time meditator myself, and I still feel a little like a novice, but I do keep practicing. But I love how your book, Mindfulness Meditation Made Simple, makes so many of the concepts and principles so comprehensive. So can we just start with this? What exactly is mindfulness meditation?
0: Well, Tammy, you know, I, as you were just introducing me, I, I could really relate to what you were saying about uh, feeling like a novice for years because that was the same difficulty that I had. Um, and then, you know, through a lot of trial and error and trying different forms of meditation, I came across mindfulness meditation. And then I began to dedicate myself to studying it uh, the basic techniques, uh, you know what the premises behind it, and you know once I figured it out, I realized it was a lot simpler than I thought, um, and you know now I can teach mindfulness, th- the basics of it, you know within one uh, hour session, and I can, and I usually lead people through a thirty minute uh, uh, meditation session. Now. Mindfulness meditation is really a practice. It's not a religion. There's no doctrine or anything that we have to accept. Uh, The whole idea behind the meditation is for us to develop uh, mindfulness or awareness. Because the idea is that we don't see the world uh, clearly as it truly is. So we end up making poor decisions. For example, we don't understand relationships very well, Uh, you know, what are the motives behind other people's uh, words, sometimes they might say some hurtful things, uh, which they may not consider hurtful at all, and they may not be directed at us, but we interpret it that way. So if we can look, for example, deeper into, you know, why this person is behaving this way, maybe that's the way they grew up, maybe that's. Uh, what they learned in their upbringing and how to relate to other people. So with mindfulness, you know, we look beyond just the words uh, that other people are saying. And we try to, you know, see the suffering in their lives, see why they behave the way they do. Mm -hmm. So with mindfulness, when we develop it through the, through the meditation practice, we're able to see all these things. Mm -hmm. And not just in other people, but within ourselves. Like, for example, our emotions. You know, we we all have certain emotions, and very often we don't understand why, you know, what triggers them. You know, sometimes, you know, we may not like a person that we just meet uh, for no apparent reason, but there is a reason. We just don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. and we're not used to uh, looking uh, beyond just the emotions. Mm
1: -hmm. I know that for sure.
0: So, uh, one of the first things we do in uh, in the twelve steps of the mindfulness meditation practice, which is really the format of the book, is we develop our tools of observation. Uh, The first one is concentration. If we want to observe something, the first thing we need to do is be able to keep our attention on it. But, you know, that may sound simple, but it's not always very easy to do unless it's something very interesting, you know, where we get immersed in it. Uh, Because very often our mind is very, very agitated. You know, many of us have a racing mind and it's hard to control, so it's very difficult to keep our attention focused on one thing so with concentration meditation uh, we use the counting technique we count our breaths one through five silently in our mind and that helps us keep us anchored in the present moment which is where reality is always taking place so we establish we a little bit of discipline you know once we're able to keep our attention on something then we can look a little deeper into it beyond the surface in other words let's look at was beyond that initial reaction that we had to something somebody else said. It might have been an innocent comment, but it it triggered uh, an emotion within us, an uncomfortable feeling. So, you know, with mindfulness, you know, once we develop the concentration, we can look with mindfulness as to what is beyond the surface of that emotion. You know, what is it about this Comment that person said can give us a clue as to something in our past. Um, what we call a, a mental formation. In other words, it's a construct of, of thoughts that we had or ideas that uh, we have about something or some people, and you know it's, it's, it's superimposed on on a different situation. So very often they're triggered by things that other people say or do or or any kind of stimuli. So the whole idea is that with mindfulness, as we develop it through the mindfulness meditation practice, we're able to see much deeper into our reality and therefore make better decisions in, in all our affairs, especially relationships.
1: Yes, I think we see with more clarity and compassion
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because, sure. uh, you know, we, we never stop to consider that other people are suffering, and, and that could be why they're, they're so abrasive sometimes.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I also call that being able to see from higher altitude. It's like if, if somebody provokes our wound and we can see that it's not personal, if we can have compassion for ourselves and compassion for them, we see things with much greater clarity and from higher altitude and life sure is a lot more peaceful when we can do that
0: oh absolutely and a a lot of our uh spiritual transformation takes place not only by seeing with greater greater clarity but we have this one exercise called writing meditation Mm. and what it basically is it's it's a little different than journaling or other forms of writing meditation that you hear about where you, you basically write, you know, what's on your mind. Well, with our writing meditation, what we do is we take the loving-kindness uh, meditation, which you may be familiar with, and instead of, uh, ru- instead of listening to it or reciting the words, uh, the affirmation, we write them out. By hand, for about you know five or ten minutes a day. That's all it takes. You don't need any quiet time either to do it. So what that does, it literally uh, restructures our brain to assimilate these these principles that we want to uh, behave according to. For example, may I be kind and compassionate? May I be understanding? and happy so all these things that the way we want to live our lives uh, they become ingrained in our brain so what what's happening is we're bypassing for the most part our conscious mind and imprinting it in our subconscious and what ends up happening is we we start behaving this way without any conscious effort now, how great is that know, to change your own behavior with, without having to, you know, constantly think about acting differently.
1: So, yeah, absolutely. I talk about the importance of the subconscious mind all the time. And I do think meditation and what you're speaking of really does program our subconscious mind. So it's like riding a bike or driving your car. You don't necessarily have to think about it once that happens. It becomes natural. Right. And, uh life does become more graceful and more easy when we can um, take those concepts and imprint them, get our subconscious mind to accept them. So I can certainly see why and how that could be so beneficial. And And I was curious about the writing meditation. So I'm glad you're sharing that. That's well, the, definitely the, something I want to implement myself.
0: Right. And, well, the way it, it transforms our relationships is, because when we start behaving according to these wholesome principles, our, our view and attitudes towards other people change, uh, especially the, the ones who harmed us. Because mm-hmm. that's where a lot of our pain and suffering comes from, is from unresolved issues from our past. For so sure. if we change our overall attitude about people and everybody, even those who had harmed us, we're going to start behaving differently in our, in our current relationships and and be able to heal from the past wounds.
1: I love that so much, Charles. I say that it's like when we take our hurts from past relationships or our past experiences, it's like bringing toxic, a toxic bag of garbage into our present situation, and that that's never going to go well. And you do say that mindfulness meditation can help us overcome emotional wounds From the past, and once they've healed, they will never again cause us pain and suffering. And how? I mean, I take a deep breath just reading that. I mean, yeah, I want that. That sounds awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't realize how much our our unresolved issues hold us back, and Mm -hmm. that's why you know we we address it in the book, uh, overcoming the the wounds from our past, because. A lot of the reasons why we have difficulty uh, growing is because we have these obstacles, um, th- these unresolved issues that we we hesitate to confront because they're you know they can be painful, um, you know. But the good thing about uh, with the mindfulness meditation practice is before we get to that point, we're developing our inner strength.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, by the time these, these issues start to surface, and, and they'll, they'll surface naturally, we'll be much stronger, and they won't have such an emotional impact as they did before. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's one thing that the uh, mindfulness meditation practice does, is it calms our emotions. It makes us stronger. Yes. It makes us, as Thich Nhat Hanh calls, calls us, solid at, as a mountain. You know, so we be, we become much more stable mm-hmm. so then we start to see um, all these uh, issues from our past that usually caused us anxiety and pain when we thought about them. Now we're able to look at them more objectively and we're able to see you know how the other person was suffering and you know very often we have those types of uh, issues with our parents you know those are. You know, a lot of people have less than perfect parents, and uh, you know, a lot of parents, you know, they, they know that uh, the, uh, children don't come with a manual, so you know they're you know, they're struggling to figure out how how to deal with them, and they don't always make the best decisions. So, you know, the children are the ones who, who often uh, end up with with scars that you know last with them for for many years. Mm-hmm. So when we can we, we can see the you know, struggle that our parents went through, and maybe some of the you know, difficulties that they had in their upbringing. Um, when I look back at my father and the environment that he grew up, it it, it just made me sad, and you know it, it it gave me a lot of compassion for him and you know, a lot of forgiveness for some of the things that. He did that where you're not so kind mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me and, and allowed me to be at peace you know and, and that's the thing about you know uh, when other people hurt us you know although they may have been responsible for hurting us they may have done something that was unkind it's up to us to repair the damage you know we can't go back and and undo what was done and expect uh, the other people to make reparations. You know, yes. if, if we do that, we're going to be, end up waiting a long time, and they'll, they'll probably never come back and make amends. So we'll, we'll spend the rest of our lives just in pain and suffering. So yes. we need to take the initiative. We need to take the responsibility to repair these wounds. And we do that by, by seeing them from a more compassionate viewpoint.
1: I, yeah, I love that. Do. Something my teacher said to me that helped me so much. And it, it it reminds me of what you're saying. It's like, we need to have compassion because every single person on the planet is doing the very best they can, given their level of consciousness. Once we understand exactly. that, we don't have to um, judge them so harshly. It's like, you know, they must be hurting or they wouldn't behave that way. To me, that's been so incredibly liberating and has really supported me and living from that place of deeper peace, which is like, oh, my gosh, I recommend it highly. Life makes so much more sense when we're in that place of compassion and peace.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, the, you know, we don't benefit by, you know, hurting other people in return. Nobody wins in those cases.
1: You know, yeah, you write so, that in your book, that quote, uh, an eye for an eye will just make the world blind. So,
0: yeah, yes. that, that was Gandhi's quote.
1: Gandhi, yes. You have some good quotes in your book, for sure. Yeah,
0: I try try to include a a lot of quotes that were uh, pertinent to the section because that would, uh, first of all, make the point, but also inspire people to keep moving forward. And, you know, that's a good quote.
1: Yeah. And you have tons of them.
0: Yeah. And that's another thing about the, the mindfulness meditation practice or any meditation practice is that. You know, people m- might conceptually see the benefit of it, but it's hard to get started. It's, it's hard to, well, it's not hard to get started, but it's hard to stay committed to it. Mm. So, that's true. you know, one of the first things that, that's about the very first thing I address is for people to uh, set some goals, set some meditation goals. Because as you probably know, uh, most successful people when they want to accomplish something, they set goals and they often write them down. Mm-hmm. Greatest predictor
1: that, for success, writing down your goals. So that's a wonderful suggestion to do that in regards to a meditation practice.
0: Right, because you know that that um, that is actually what they call the commitment and consistency principle. You see, we we generally like to be consistent in our actions and our views. You know, there's, there's a certain a psychological quirk that we don't want to appear inconsistent. So we use that to our advantage by uh, writing a goal statement. And that's one of the things that I uh, walk the reader through in the book is how to write your goal statement. You want to be specific. You, for example, say I'm going to meditate uh, 15 minutes or 10 minutes a day uh, three times a week in the first week then maybe uh, 20 minutes uh, the following week and then maybe increase the frequency the week afterward.
1: Yeah, and, so, and that but, is one of your suggestions. You, you kind of start slow and then increase from there. You don't want to jump into like an hour a day right out of the gate. I think that could be very, very challenging.
0: Right. It, it's, it's, it can be overambitious to do that because, you know, we'll – it's very difficult for somebody to stick with that. Yes. And, you know, if they, and very often it's kind of like, you know, with a diet, you know, if we're not, very often if we're not able to stick with our diet, uh, you know, word for word, you know, then we're, we get discouraged and we just chuck the whole thing.
1: Yes. We and, just give up. You know,
0: that doesn't, right, that doesn't do us any good. So the best thing to do is take very small steps and work your way up. and and. You know what I tried to do in the book is to take baby steps and just uh, guide the reader into working the uh, practice into their lives. And you know I don't overwhelm them with a lot of a list of spiritual principles because that's one of the difficulties that I had learning. You know I read all these books on Buddhism, and they had all these wonderful lists of principles, um, and they all sounded great, but by the end, I was left with, now what do I do? This all sounds great, but I, I don't know what to do next. Right. So- and
1: that is something I do love about your book. So if anybody's listening going, okay, this sounds good. How do I get started? You just grab a copy of his book, Mindfulness Meditation Made Simple, Your Guide to Finding True Inner Peace, the 12 steps of the mindfulness meditation practice. And it really does walk you through the process, step-by-step-by-step-by-step by step by step by step in a very comprehensive way. So, yeah. Charles, we and just have a few minutes left here. Where can yeah. people find you, connect with you, or get a copy of your book?
0: Well, they can find the book on Amazon and in all major retail outlets. And they can find me on on my website, mindfulnessmeditationinstitute.org. And there... Uh, they'll find some uh, some of the writing meditations, uh, the goal statement exercise, uh, you know, with instructions. They can download for free from my website.
1: Very cool, very generous. And now, quickly again, I just want to um, mention some of the benefits of mindfulness meditation, you say it can reduce stress, improve our health and well-being, improve our relationships, heal our emotions, and also help us discover our truest potential. So I would imagine on this list, somebody's got something on there. It's like, I want that. I kind of want all of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, we can have all of it. And you know, we can, can't we? (laughs) And it's attainable. And it's once you know the techniques and begin to apply them, they'll they'll happen very quickly you don't have to wait months or years to achieve these benefits they'll start happening immediately yes
1: something else you say that i i totally love and agree with um is that true happiness and authentic inner peace can only come through realizing who we are at the deepest level and meditation really does support us in getting to know ourselves at that really deep soulful spirit-based level
0: Oh yeah. What, what's really interesting is, you know, as we grow spiritually, we we move away from identifying with the ego, you know, with the mm-hmm. co- which is a construct a construct of our physical being, mm-hmm. and start our, identifying with our true nature. Mm-hmm. And our ego is where all our painful uh, emotions come from. So when we start to identify. More with our, our higher self or our, our spirit, as, as many people call it, then we we're come from a higher and more stable place, a place from, from inner peace, and we're, we're more resilient to painful emotions.
1: And to me, that is the kingdom of heaven. You know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And if we can identify more with being that spiritual being than being that human being, I think, from my experience, life just works. So much better. It's so much more joyful.
0: Oh yeah, because you know what's interesting is uh, from the Buddhist perspective, you know, which they're the ones who came up with um, mindfulness meditation. <clears throat> their approach to happiness isn't is not through p- the pleasing of our senses or uh, emotional gratification, but rather it's the elimination of the sources of pain and suffering. And when you eliminate all the all the pain and suffering, all you're left with is, is pure peace, pure inner peace.
1: You know, that's a I pretty exquisite place to be.
0: That's right, and that pure inner peace, <laughs> right? That's pure bliss, and that that's what you they call nirvana or the kingdom of heaven when you're able to transcend all that.
1: I take a deep breath as you share that, Charles, and I'm just so honored you took a portion of your day to have this conversation. With us about mindfulness meditation. I know for sure meditation has transformed my life, and I know it can for anyone. And if you're challenged with it, definitely get a copy of his book, Mindfulness Meditation Made Simple by Charles A. Francis. It will change your life from the inside out. And be in touch with me. I want to hear from you. Are you doing this? How are you feeling? Get a hold of me at tammybphd.com, spelled with an I. Ask questions, share your comments. What are you learning here? How is your life going? It's really about relationship and connection. So thank you again for being here with us. Thank you, Charles, your wealth of wisdom. And I'm inspired. I'm going to go meditate now. (laughs) All right. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.